Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, we're grateful to you once again for today. We thank you that we have another opportunity to receive words of wisdom, words of instruction, words that will help us to grasp kingdom truths and that will greatly help us to serve you well and to become close to you. I thank you, Father, that your presence is here and what you have set out to do tonight, you will do to the glory of your name. Bless all hearers. And may we be greatly imparted tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Clap unto the Lord, my friends. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 8. And we're reading from verse number 4. A little volume for me as you are loving it. Luke chapter 8, reading from verse number 4. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We all have ears. And if you don't have a problem with your hearing ability, you hear when you're spoken to. But not everybody who has ears listens. And not everybody who has ears understands. So here... Jesus is placing a distinction between those who hear 
those who listen and those who understand and those who have ears to hear they may hear but they are actually not listening and they don't understand what is being said to them and so these are the two broad categories of people that you will find anytime the word of God is being ministered anytime the word of God is being preached or taught ask the person sitting close to you what type are you And if you are like that with the person, hold the person's ear and examine it closely. Is it an ear that hears or it's an ear which is just like Willie but does not listen and does not understand what is said? <laughs> it continues, verse 9. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God or the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. The kingdom of God has mysteries. Mysteries are like hidden truths that need to be unraveled to us anytime we read the word of God. And what it says is that the Old Testament of the Bible especially had a lot of mysteries. But those mysteries were revealed under the New Testament. And Jesus is explaining that there are people who get to understand the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom of God. Mysteries or secrets in the word of God. But there are also those who don't get to understand it. And it appears that there is a reason why they are spoken to in parables. Because in a certain sense, God is trying to judge them for their hardness of heart. And in another sense, it's also God's way of reducing his punishment for them. Because if you hear a lot and you don't do much with it, your punishment is very great. So, it's actually an act of God's mercies. That in a certain sense, you won't hear certain things. So that when he's punishing you, he won't punish you severely. You see, the ways of God are very mysterious. And the more we walk with him, the more we marvel at how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Let's continue to verse number 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message. Only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts. 
and prevent them from believing and being saved. So whenever the word of God comes, the objective is that we will believe and that we will be saved in the process. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so, they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. For some weeks now, I've been sharing with you about the parables of Jesus. Now, Jesus Christ is the greatest teacher who ever lived. And his teachings were very straightforward, very simple, and very direct. Because he understood what he was talking about. You see, there are some people who, when they preach, you almost get the feeling that they don't know what they are talking about. <laughs> Have you had anybody like that before? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's obvious that they themselves are confused about what they are saying. And it's as if they are trying to confuse you, the hearer, as well. Now, Jesus Christ was very clear about what he had to say. And his intention was that his hearers will hear and understand what he's trying to commit to them. But you discover that one of the preaching styles of Jesus, and this was especially during the closing stages of his earthly ministry, was that he used to teach a lot in parables. I was intrigued when I discovered that he didn't preach in parables throughout his ministry. It was getting to the closing stages when he knew that observers were worried and his enemies had, you know, masked up and ganged up against him. He realized that where things had got into, he had to just preach in parables so that he can delay their things till the time actually now comes for him to go to the cross. And so he deliberately spoke in parables. And it was intended to separate those who really want to hear, those who really want to understand, those who are eager to understand the things of the kingdom of God from those who have a bad attitude or who have a hardened heart and they don't really want to hear. And so he preached in parables. And it is wonderful that he's been, he's exited from the earth scene for many years, yet we still remember a lot of the parables that he taught. Which are some of your favorite parables? Parables that you've never forgotten, even from the time that you were a child. Mention some of them. The parable of the rich fool. 
the parable of the good Samaritan. That's a good one. That go with you. <laughs> Which other parable? I thought someone was going to mention the parable of the prodigal son. Somebody mentioned it. All right. So we still remember these things that he taught. And I've explained to you that to really get to know Jesus well and also to get to understand the principles of the kingdom of God well, there's a need to understand these parables when you read them. Because a parable is simply an illustration that is intended to bring out a deep truth. And Jesus spoke in parables which are like word pictures that bring enlightenment, that help us to understand the things that he was talking about. For some weeks, we've looked at some of the parables of Jesus. This is the fifth week, I suppose. We've spoken about the parable of the unjust judge and the widow. We've also looked at the parable of the rich fool. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And today, your guess is as good as mine. We are looking at the parable of the sower. Everybody say the parable of the sower. I have explained to you on a number of occasions that for every parable, there is a central decisive point that you must be able to pick out. And so when you study or you read any of the parables of Jesus, you must try to pick out what is the main thing, what is the key point that he was driving at. So the question is, what is the central decisive point of this parable of the sower? It is this. That your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. Write it down, please. Your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. Your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. And the fruits you bear are the only evidence of the impact of the word of God on you. The fruits you bear are the only evidence of the impact of the word of God on you. I'll say it again. Your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. And the fruits you bear are the only evidence of the impact of the word of God on you. What do I mean? How anybody responds to the word of God is dependent on the condition of the person's heart. If your heart is conditioned aright, your response to the word of God is a good one. But if the condition of your heart is bad, your response to the word of God is very negative. 
And if you want to be sure that the word of God has had maximum impact on you, the evidence that we'll be looking for will be the fruits that you bear. By the fruits that you bear, we can tell that the word of God has actually had a great impact on your life. And so this parable of the sower has this as the central decisive point. I repeat it again. Your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. And the fruits you bear are the only evidence of the impact of the word of God on you. Can I have an amen from somebody? Let us move on now and look at some of the important revelations or lessons that we can pick from why have you put up the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? <laughs> Let's try and pick out some of the important revelations and lessons that we can derive from the parable of the sower. And let me say this to you, for those of you here, those of you who are watching online, this parable is very relevant to all of us. All the parables of Jesus are very important. But I think that this is one of the very, very important parables. So you had better hear well and try and understand very clearly what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. Lesson number one, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So you see, in this parable, Jesus paints a picture. And it's a picture that his hearers at that time could relate to. Because he was using a scenario of a farmer going to sow seeds. You need to understand that that community that Jesus ministered to was essentially an agriculture community. They were into agriculture, crop farming, animal farming. And so this story that he told them and this illustration that he gave, they could very well identify with it. So, he paints a picture of a farmer or a sower who is gone out to sow seeds. You must understand that the farms in those times were very long, narrow strips of land that has been plowed and made ready for planting. So, it's like a long strip. And this strip of land is hedged round about it by the footpaths. So they didn't have fences in those times. So the way you distinguish between the different farmlands are the footpaths. So there's a footpath here, there's a footpath here, there's a footpath here, and there's a footpath there. So what the farmer does is that he walks on the footpaths and he has a bag of seeds. He dips his hand because it wasn't a sophisticated um, um, society then. He would take his hands into the bag of seeds. And then as he's walking, he throws them. So he throws them out in an ark like that. That is how they planted seeds. Obviously, 
not all the seeds that he's planting will fall on the prepared ground, on the plowed ground. And that is what Jesus was trying to explain. So he says, a sower goes out to plant seeds. And as he plants the seeds, as he broadcasts the seeds, some fell on the footpath. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell among thorns. But some landed on the good soil, the fertile soil. Now, it shouldn't be difficult to understand what Jesus is showing us. So, first we have the footpath. Seeds, as your, your, his intention is not to plant seeds on the footpath. But by virtue of how he's sowing the seeds, some end up falling on the footpath. The footpath is hardened. That's where people walk. Alright? And then when he talks about some falling on stony ground. You see, when the soil is prepared for planting. Usually, there are places where there are like stones under. So sometimes when you look at the land that people are planting on, you see soil. But it's when you go a little deeper, you find out that there, 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 there are rocky portions. So it's like the soil only covers up to a certain point. It doesn't go deep. So that's what he's referring to when he says some fell among stones. Then among thorns, usually when you weed the farm to prepare the grounds for planting, you try to get out a lot of the weeds. So don't think too much. When you talk about thorns, we are talking about weeds. So when you farm, you try to take out the weeds. But where they are, some of the seeds of the weed will remain. And there are some of the weeds, the way they look, they look just like the soil. So, in your effort to get the weeds out of the ground, you may not be able to get every weed completely out. And therefore, when you're sowing the seeds, some will definitely form, fall among the weeds or fall among thorns. And then we see seeds that fell on the fertile ground. So, the first lesson that I'm bringing to your attention is that the seed is the word of God. Luke chapter 8 verse 11, we read that it says, Luke 8, 11, it says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. So Jesus is very clear about what the seed is. There is no ambiguity about it. He's not trying to hide anything from it. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. And he explains that the seed is God's word. Lesson number two. The sower or the farmer represents anyone who proclaims the word of God. Amen. The sower or the farmer represents anybody who preaches, who declares the word of God, like I'm preaching now, or, you know, when you go to town, I'm sure you've seen that in many places, where somebody has set up a speaker, and he's preaching at the top of his voice. Sometimes you wonder whether anybody is even listening to him. But he's a sower. He's sowing the seed of the word of God. When you turn on your radio and you hear somebody preaching the word of God, that person is a sower 
of the word of God. Hallelujah. So anybody who preaches the word of God, when you do personal evangelism, you are sowing the seeds of the word of God. Or when you share your testimony with somebody about God, what God has done in your life, and you share these things with the person, you are actually sowing the seeds of the word of God. So the sower is not really Jesus Christ. Because there are some people who think that the sower in this story is Jesus himself. It is not. The sower is anybody, anybody at all, who proclaims the word of God or who disperses God's word or who, who, who shares the gospel. Anybody who does that is a sower or is, represents the sower in this parable. Hallelujah. Lesson number three. In this parable, we see that four types of stories, I beg your pardon, four types of soils or grounds are mentioned. So the third lesson we can pick from this parable of the sower is that the four types of soils or grounds represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. The four types of soil or grounds represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. The four types of soil or grounds represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. How many types of soils did Jesus refer to in this parable? Four. What is the first one? You said four. Tell me the four now. The wayside. The wayside soil. What's the second one? The stony ground. The third one, the thorns or the thorny soil. And then the fourth one is the fertile soil. So these are the four types of soils. And I'm explaining to you that these four types of soil or ground represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. Look at verse 12 of Luke chapter 8. It says, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from where? Take it away from where? Their hearts. Take it away from their hearts. So, this is to explain that it is not just to do with the hearers, but it also has a lot to do with their hearts and the condition of their hearts. So, the devil comes and takes it away from their hearts and prevents them from believing and being saved. So, take note of hearts, the reference to hearts in this verse. Look at verse 15 also. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people. You, you, you notice the word heart there again. Good-hearted people. So, again, we are looking at the heart, the condition of the heart. Because a good good-hearted has to do with the condition of your heart, that the condition of your heart is good. So, the four types of soils or the grounds represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. So, to complete the verse 15 again, 
good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. So the parable of the sower, the soils that are referred to, the four different types of soils referred to, represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. Amen. It means, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, that whether the word of God will bear fruit in your life or not depends on the condition of your heart. That's a powerful revelation to, to pick from this parable of the sower. Whether the word of God will produce fruit in your life or not, it actually depends on the condition of your heart. Time and again, we gather to hear the word of God. Time and again, we come to church to hear the word of God being preached. But the truth of the matter is that there are some who are affected by the word, who receive the word of God well and produce fruits from it. But there are also those who hear the word of God, but it doesn't have any effect on them. And it doesn't produce any fruit in them. They don't act on the word. They don't put into practice the word. And because of that, no fruits are born. And the difference between the two groups is really the condition of their hearts. How your heart really is. If your heart is conditioned aright, when you hear the word of God, you respond properly to it. But when your heart is not conditioned right, when you hear the word of God, you don't react well to it. And you don't produce the kind of fruits that you must produce. Hallelujah. Lesson number four. The soils, the four different types of soil, also reveal different levels of receptivity to the word of God. The soils also reveal different levels of receptivity to the word of God. How we receive the word of God. How we receive the word of God. So, the parable of the sower and the soils that are referred to also reveal different levels of receptivity to the word of God. How do people receive the word of God? People receive the word of God in different ways. Some receive it with excitement. Some receive it with anger. Some receive it with annoyance. Some are irritated by it. So, the different types of soil also represent or reveal the different levels of receptivity that people have to the word of God. Amen. Next point. Your receptivity to the word of God. Your receptivity to the word of God. Is dependent on how well you've been prepared to receive God's word. Your receptivity to the word of God is dependent on how well you've been prepared to receive God's word. Your receptivity to the word of God is dependent on how well you've been prepared to receive God's word.
When a sower goes out to sow, before he sows, he tries to prepare the grounds well before he does the sowing because he wants to reap a good harvest. So if the grounds are well prepared, the likelihood of a good harvest is great. It's only a lazy farmer who just goes and just starts sowing. It shows that he's not an experienced farmer. But once the ones who know what they are doing and who have the intention that I want to reap in a good harvest from this planting that I'm doing, there's a certain way they prepare the grounds. They turn the soil. They take out the stones. They remove the weeds. So, a few weeks ago, I asked one of our brothers in church, he's called Sly, he's seated up here, to prepare some land that I bought for friends of mine in the UK. I asked them to prepare the land so that we can plant something on it. Because I was thinking about it that, ah, these people, I don't see their way very clearly. I built a foundation for them. But it's been a while since they made any investment on the land. So it's two plots. And the foundation is sitting on one part. And the land is just there. And every time it's producing weeds. And then I'll ask this same sly to go and weed it. So one day I went to take some measurements there. And it occurred to me that, ah, it's a very stupid thing that we are doing. The weeds grow, then we weed. The weeds grow, and then we weed. Why don't we benefit from the land? So I'll ask them that let's prepare the land to sow corn and cassava. They are laughing at me. Hey. So what I did was the way the weeds had grown, we decided that we want to first clear the weeds off and try and kill them as much as we can. So we have spread the place. The intention is to get all the weeds out wait a little while and then we will start doing some more things on the land to prepare it for the planting. Because the understanding is that if you prepare the grounds well, then you can expect a good yield. Can I have an amen? And I'm explaining to you that when the word of God is preached, like I'm preaching the word of God to you today, how well you receive the word depends on how you have prepared yourself to receive the word of God. And in this case, I'm not the one who is preparing you. You have got to prepare yourself. And you prepare yourself by, you know, which is why I've explained to you before that when, when you are coming to church, don't just get up. You're quite sorry. You're quite sorry. You're quite sorry. Then, then you, you just go. There's a certain mindset that you must come to church with. 
It's a mindset of I'm going to the house of God to hear the word of God. And as you are coming, there's a certain mind that you must have. It must not be an attitude of ah, another being. Times of impartation. Times of impartation. We are going. No. As you go through the day, you must remind yourself that today is Wednesday. We have times of impartation and there's another great opportunity to receive the word of God. And so I must not just show up there. I must be prepared, expecting that something in the word of God will do something in my life, will change something in my life, will transform something in my life, will lift me to another level in my life. You prepare yourself. And when you are coming, you just don't come. You got to come with the things that you need. Your Bible, your notebook, or your writing tablet, your pen. You prepare yourself with an attitude of Charlie, I must be blessed. Something must happen to me as I sit under the word of God today. That I don't want to go to church and live the same way I came in. Maybe that's why the lady composes on, touch me with your hand, Jesus Touch me with your hand, Jesus. I don't want to go the same way I came. Touch me with your hand, Jesus. Perhaps you should sing. Touch me with your words, Jesus. Touch me with your word, Jesus. Because I don't want to go the same way I came so touch me with your words Jesus that must be the attitude and it's part of the preparation because I promise you that if you keep coming into the house of God into the presence of God to hear the word of God without being prepared in a certain way nothing much will change in your life there will be no impact. There will be no fruits. And that is why in most of our churches today, we have a lot of barren Christians. We don't bear any fruit. And the fruits that you bear are twofold. Like fruits of the spirit, love, joy, patience, long-suffering, temperance. Those are fruits. Then the other fruits that you are expected to bear are fruits of other people who through you are coming into Christ or coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. These are the two categories of fruits that we are expected to bear as we sit under the influence of the word of God. But I regret to say that for most Christians, for the average Christian, these fruits are not born because people come, sit under the word of God and they are not prepared as they come. So nothing much happens to them. May that not be our story in the name of Jesus. So your receptivity to the word of God is dependent on how well you've been prepared to receive God's word. There were four types of soil. The wayside is not prepared, has not been prepared to receive the, the seed of the word. 
So the seed did not germinate. The stony ground hadn't been prepared. So the seed did not germinate. The thorny grounds was also not prepared. So the seed didn't germinate. But then the fertile soil, fertile because it had been prepared, is where the fruits were born. And it is our responsibility to prepare ourselves. And I tell you that a lot of it depends on your mind. That, you know, you must tell yourself as you are coming to hear the word of God that I must be blessed. Something should happen to me. I should leave the meeting with a revelation, with a knowledge, with a deeper understanding. Because your mind and your heart are connected. So you must do that all the time. That's the preparation I'm talking about. And to help us with the preparation is the Holy Spirit also. Because remember that the Holy Spirit is our helper. God has given him to us to aid us. And one of the things that we should also learn to do when we are coming into the presence of the Lord, we have to speak to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to church. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to sit under the influence of the word of God. Please work on my heart. Help me to hear and understand. Help me to receive the word of God well. Help me so that the word of God will have maximum impact on me. It's part of the preparation that I'm talking about. And I'm emphasizing again, we need to learn how not to just get up. Oh, we are going to church. Let's learn that as we are coming, we are prepared. Ready to receive a revelation. Ready to receive an instruction. Ready to be corrected. Ready to be imparted. This preparation is necessary if we are going to be receptive to the word of God. Can I have an amen from somebody? Number six. We are closing. The yield of the fruitfulness of the soils in this parable. The yield of fruitfulness of the soils in this parable. Is not dependent on the scale of the sower. Or on the quality of the seed. I'll explain. The yield of the fruitfulness of the soils in this parable. Is not dependent on the scale of the sower or on the quality of the seed. The yield or the fruitfulness of the soils in this parable, there are four types of soils, is not dependent. The yield of the fruitfulness is not dependent on the scale of the sower or on the quality of the seed. What do I mean by that? You can tell from the emphasis of the parable that Jesus was not trying to say that whether the souls will bear fruits or not is dependent on the one who is sowing, how skillful he is in sowing, or, 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 or the, the quality of the seeds that are being sowed. What we are supposed to assume is that the sower is doing everything that he's supposed to do and that the seed is a correct seed. But really, whether there's going to be fruits born or not is dependent on the soil on the soil on the soil not on the sower not on the seed but on the soil it is true that there are times when you know when people are preaching the word of god 
I mean, they may end up confusing the hearers. Or there are times when you would have a problem, or there may actually be a problem with the word and how it is being preached. So that possibility exists. But where this parable is concerned, and from everything that Jesus said, there is no problem with the sower. There is no problem with the seed. And what that should tell us really is this. It is possible that no matter who is preaching, and no matter what word is being preached, you can pick something from what is being said. It is possible. And it is all because of how you have prepared yourself that I must by all means be blessed. I must by all means learn something. Even with the worst of preachers, there is always something to pick from what is being said. It may just be a verse. It may just be a revelation that you got suddenly. Maybe it's not even the person because remember that to really understand the word of God also, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. So maybe the one preaching is confusing you, but you have the Holy Spirit. And because when you were going into that meeting, you asked him to help you. Although the person preaching or to person, you can hear something that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand. And as you walk out of that meeting, at least there is something that you have learned. I pray that you move away from that thing where you come to church. And then when you go back, they ask you, how was the service? What's the usual response? Powerful. <laughs> how was the service? Powerful. Powerful. Then you go on and ask, what did you learn? Then they give that response again. It was powerful. Where the bang and or boy. Or they'll say that, hey, or sophono or yeah, sorry. What exactly did he talk about? What did you learn? What did you pick out from the service? For a lot of Christians, nothing. You see, this thing that I'm saying, you may think that no, it's not possible. It is, it, it happens. It is very possible. So I wonder if I were to interview those who were in church last Sunday. And I were to ask them, what did you learn? What did I preach about? Should I do a test right now? No, I don't think that I want to. Yes, I'm a rebel home at home. So it shows something. It actually shows something. So I'm just explaining to you that the yield of the fruitfulness of the salts in this parable is not dependent on the skill of the sower or in the quality of the seed. It depends on the soil. On the soil. How well it's been prepared. How receptive it is to the seeds that are being planted in it. It doesn't have anything to do with whether the, 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 the sower is skillful or not. It doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the soil. Hallelujah. Because whatever type of soil it is, it has the same nutrients. 
it has the same minerals. It is subject to the same weather conditions. Wayside though, uh, stony ground though, thorny ground though, fertile ground. It's the same weather condition that it's subject to. And once there's some soil there, it contains the same minerals, the same nutrients and everything. So the issue really has to do with the soil and not with the sower, nor with the seed. Let's round up. I think I'll end here. So that next week when we come, I will now go deeper into the different types of soils and what they actually mean. But for today, there are six. First of all, I have explained to you what the central decisive point of the parable is. Which is that your response to the word of God is dependent on the condition of your heart. And the fruits you bear is the the fruits you bear are the only evidence of the impact of the word of God on you. That is the central decisive point of this parable of the sower. Then we've looked at the lessons that the seed is actually the word of God. Number two, the sower represents anyone who proclaims the word of God. Anybody who preaches personal evangelism in a service like this, preaching by the roadside, dawn broadcast, Anybody who does anything like that is a sower of the seed of the word of God. Number three, the four types of soils or grounds represent different types of hearers and the condition of their hearts. So the condition of your heart reveals what type of soil you are. Number four, the soils also reveal the different levels of receptivity to the word of God. Because people respond differently to the word of God. And the different type of souls reveal the different levels of receptivity. Number five, your receptivity to the word of God is dependent on how well you've been prepared to receive God's word. And you prepare yourself to receive the word of God by how you condition yourself when you are coming to hear the word of God. And then of course, you need the Holy Spirit to help you to be well prepared. And then number six, the yield of fruitfulness of the soils in this parable is not dependent on the scale of the sower or on the quality of the seed. Next week when we come, we will look at the different types of soils and we will explain some further things about it. I trust that you've been blessed. Rise to your feet and let us pray as we bring tonight's service to a close. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for today and thank you for the word that has come forth. Thank you for the profound things that have been shared today. Through your word, we've learned that there are different types of hearers. That your word is actually a seed that is sown into our lives. But the condition of our hearts our attitudes reveal what type of hearer we are. That for your word to benefit us greatly, we need to be well prepared to receive that word. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that from what we've heard today, 
may we all resolve that something will change about how we approach church and how we approach your word. That anytime we are coming into your house to hear your word of God, we will come prepared in a state of readiness, in a state of expectation, with a desire to hear something that will actually transform our lives. I pray that we'll graduate from being wayside hearers, from being stony hearers, from being thorny hearers. May we become fruitful hearers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, and all shall say, Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's give an offering tonight. Take out your offerings. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's give an offering. Give something tonight. If you want to do Momo, the details are up on your screen. Those of you watching us, never tell yourself that once I'm not physically present, I am exempted from giving. It's a wrong attitude to have. And I know that there are quite a number of you who have also not fulfilled your Christian duty of presenting your tithe unto the Lord. If you have it, you can send it also through a Momo transaction. Lift up your offerings and let us pray, everyone. Father, we are grateful to you for tonight. We ask that you bless this time of giving and bless our seeds in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, gentlemen, please let's do this quickly as we close. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of today's service. Those of you who are physically present, those of you who joined online, God bless you. I trust that God has spoken to you and you've learned some very powerful things that you will put into practice in your life. God has made it clear in his word that we did not choose him, but that he chose us that we should go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain. I pray that we'll become fruitful believers and the fruits we bear are dependent on our attitude towards the word of God. May we all develop a good attitude towards God's word so that we'll bear great fruits. Some a 30-fold, some a 60-fold, and some a 100-fold. Rise to your feet and let us close. Lift up your hands for a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his eyes upon you and give you peace. Go from this place knowing that if God be for you, no one can be against you. And that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore.
Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.